Welcome, monsieur. Sit yourself down and meet the best innkeeper in town. A gent of good intent who's content to be master. Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me today as we step into Rogue One, a Star Wars story, in a statistics episode. It's been a few days, uh, maybe a week or a week and a half since the statistics episode, but most of the movies I've been watching are older or they're new and they're either just very insignificant, in my opinion, or don't have a very large cast, which reduces the impact on the spreadsheet and the relevance of a statistics episode being needed. But <clears throat> but Rogue One finally bucks that trend, and here we are. So, um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Rogue One. I watched it December 16th, 2016, um, last Friday. I clocked it at a, just about... Uh, uh, two hours and five minutes, 125 minutes, um, not counting credits and whatnot. Uh, this is the 2016 release, and at the moment, if I resort things here a little bit, it comes in at number 29. Uh, for the year, uh, arbitrarily tied with Civil War, Captain America Civil War, and Sausage Party, but falling in between those two in terms of tiebreakers. Uh, it is the fourth best <clears throat> 2016 film that I've seen this month, uh, behind Miss Sloan, Manchester by the Sea, and The Handmaiden. Uh, the brief summary that I have for the film is Resistance fighters work together to steal plans for the Empire's newest weapon. Uh, focusing more on the second half of the movie than really the first half and trying to... and, and not really addressing any of the characters because I found, I found the characters to be weak overall. And so it ends up with... A 79, which I think is a little higher than my overall opinion on the film, because I do think I do think it's 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 a better film than I think it is, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, I I just it's tough to disagree with that it's well made from a technical standpoint because it, it really is and my gripes with the characters aside and the muddled opening it's it's still a very enjoyable movie and it does have a fantastic final act uh, so 79 uh, it's I believe it currently has an 84 on Rotten Tomatoes for a tiebreaker no, it has actually moved up to an 85. Wow. 
uh, it is not technically part of a series, but it is part of a world of movies, the Star Wars world, where it ends up being the fifth best movie from me, my point of view. Um, the original trilogy take the first three spots, and The Force Awakens comes in at fourth, and then Rogue One as fifth. Sixth is Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith. Seventh is Episode Two, Attack of the Clones. Eighth is Episode One, The Phantom Menace. And ninth is Star Wars, The Clone Wars movie. Okay. Um, Gareth Edwards, the director. This is the third directed film I have from him. And comes in as actually his best film. Uh, you know, he had a hand in Godzilla a couple years ago. And Monsters a few years before that. Which I liked both of those. Um, but definitely not to the extent that I enjoyed Rogue One. I think they're both good, but... Um, they felt less impressive. Uh, you know, I, I prefer Monsters to Godzilla, but only, only, only slightly. Um, so this raises his average film rating to a 70, uh, raises his value to a 4, which makes his score a 74, and bumps him up about 150 spots to 688th on the director's list. For writers... Uh, we've got quite a few a few names here getting credit. The first is Chris Weitz. This is the fourth credit I have for him as a writer. Um, he has also contributed to the Cinderella live-action reboot last year. He was nominated for About a Boy, and I have him on Ants, the Woody Allen animated film as well. Uh, this is technically his lowest-rated film, and drops his average film rating to an 84.5, but raises his overall score to a 97.5, and moves him up about 100, 100 spots to 342nd. Um, there are a couple other people on here. Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, next is Tony Gilroy. This is the second credit I have from him. The first being the being Michael Clayton, which he was nominated for an Oscar for. And this lowers his film rating to an 81.5 and drops his score to an 87.5, uh, lowering his rank to a to 964th. So two Oscar-nominated writers worked on this movie, and then two new additions to this. Uh, writing page. John Knoll and Gary Whitta. Uh, this is both of their first films, and they debut with a score of 81 at, a, at rank 1,208th each. And now, the actors. Uh, it's a big cast with kind of, kind of a tough discrepancy about whether or not some people are worthy to be included um I will say that any of the members of the cast that I think their inclusion would be considered spoilers I will not mention in in this segment uh 
the highest rated person who was in the film was Alan Tudyk, who voices K2P, uh, K2SO. Uh, Rogue One comes in as his 10th overall film and is the third film of his that I've rated in the 70s. It raises his average film rating to a 69.18, his score or his value to a 35, and his score to a 104.18, and put moves him up into the top 100 at 84th. Um, so, like I mentioned when I did uh, the Moana statistics, you know, all these voice roles for Tudyk are really benefiting him, as far as the spreadsheet goes. Uh, after that. We have James Earl Jones, um, and also only contributing his voice. Uh, this is his tenth film overall as well. His also his third film rated in the seventies. And he raises his average film rating to a sixty-eight point seven four, raises his value to a seventy-five, and his overall score to a one hundred and three. 0.74, which also propels him into the top 100 at 90th. So he follows Alan Tudyk quite closely there. This is his 19th film overall. Uh, it was Alan Tudyk's 22nd film overall. Uh, moving down the list, Warwick Davis. Uh, this is Warwick Davis's 15th film. Um, you may not know him by name. He was, I believe, Professor Flitwick in the Harry Potter series, notably, and he has also been in uh, many of the other Star Wars films where he played, uh, oh, uh, shoot, I have to look it up now. Return of the Jedi. In Return of the Jedi, he was uh, Wicket, I'm sorry, I couldn't think of his name. Wicket the Ewok. Uh, he also had a role in um, Force Awakens. I don't recall what that was, though. Uh, anyway, like I said, this is his 15th film. It raises his average film rating to a 71.8. It is the third film of his that is rated in the 70s. Raises his value to a 29. His score breaks 100 at 100.8. And it moves him up to 142nd overall. Um, after that, we have Forrest Whitaker. Uh, this is his 24th film overall. And ranks as his top, and ranks as his 10th best. Uh, it improves his average film rating to a 63.79. It is his 5th film rated in the 70s, and increases his value to a 33, and increases his score to a 98.79, moving him up to rank 183. Um, so a lot of high quality actors in this movie. Um, skip that one. Uh, Diego Luna, this is his ninth film. And his fourth best film. He uh, it increases his average film rating to a seventy-four point eight nine. It is his fourth film rated in the seventies. Uh, 
It increases his value to an 18, his score to a 92.89, and his rank moves up to 375. Uh, he was previously just under that top 500 spot, but has definitely solidified himself a lot more now. Um, next we have Angus McInnes, who I believe... Yes, who, who plays Gold Leader. Uh, this is his seventh film overall, and ranks as his fourth best film. It increases his average film rating to a 69.57. It is the first film of his rated in the 70s, and increases his value to 12. And his score to an 81.57, which moves him into the top 1,000, at 940. Awesome. Um, uh, next we have Mads Mikkelsen, who plays uh, Jyn Erso's father, uh, Galen. Uh, this is his seventh film, uh, which it seems like a very small number, but you know, he did have to, I mean, he, his, his stint as Hannibal, I think, really improved his popularity, and I just, I guess there just wasn't enough of a film resume to support that, although it feels like there should be, uh, but, you know, he was in Doctor Strange earlier this year, um, and uh, you know he he had a really big, you know he had a he was the villain in Casino Royale, and he had a great foreign drama called The Hunt, which came out a couple of years ago. Uh, this is his third best film, which improves his average film rating to a sixty-seven point two nine. It is his second film rated in the seventies, increases his value to a ten, and his score to a seventy-seven point two nine. So this moves him up into the top 1,200. Uh, he was previously floating around 1,500th place, but he is now at 1,199th place. Uh, ben Mendelssohn. This is his 13th film, and his fifth highest rated film overall. It is the third film of his to be rated in the 70s, and improves his average film rating to a 58.54 his value to a 13, and his score to a 71.54. Uh, his rank moves up about 200 spots to 1,572nd. Uh, we are... So, moves him uh, into the top half, essentially. Uh, he was the uh, primary villain, I suppose, Krennic, in the movie. Uh, skip that one. Um, Genevieve O'Reilly, who is Mon Mothma. This is her sixth film and best film overall. So it improves her average film rating to a 61.69. It is her fourth film rated in the 70s. 
moves her value up to 6, her score up to 67.67, and her rank into the top 2,000 at 1,804. So about 300 spots she moves up. Um, and who is that in this movie? Before I reveal, I have an idea. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so next we have Ned Dennehy, who is an, in an uncredited role as a prisoner. Um, and, and it's not that he's like a big name or anything, uh, but, you know, this is the 10th film I've seen him in. And it is his third best overall, so... It's strange that he would be in such a tiny role, but uh, that's that's what happened. Anyway, uh, this improves his average film rating to a 57.9. It improve it is his second film rated in the 70s. Improves his value to a seven, his score to a 64.9, and it moves him into the top 2,000 at 1,972nd overall. Next, we have Riz Ahmed, who plays Bodhi, the pilot. This is his fifth film and second best overall, uh, Nightcrawler being his best from last year. It is his only film rated in the 70s and improves his average film rating to a 58.6, his value to a 5, his score to a 63.6, and he fought, he's just shy of the top 2,000 at 2,045. He does move up about 350 spots, though. Uh, so he just needs he just needs more roles, I think. You know, five movies is not a lot of movies, and being in Jason Bourne this year did not help. Uh, Felicity Jones, our star, um, previously nominated for her role in Theory of Everything, uh, which is her best film to date. Rogue One is her second best and 7th film overall, improves her rating to a 55.7, her value to a 4, her score to a 60.71, and her rank up to 2,194th, so about 300 spots total. Uh, next we have... Uh, we have Alastair Petri, who is General Draven in the film. Uh, this is his second best film, and fifth overall. It raises his average film rating to a 58, his value to a 4, his score to a 62, and his rank up to 2,120. So he actually moves ahead of Felicity Jones, uh, based on having based on the film having a bigger impact on his average film rating. That's it for the established actors already, uh, but there are quite a, there are a handful of people who were not on the spreadsheet prior to uh, watching the movie, 
the first being Donnie Yen, who enters the spreadsheet with Rogue One as his best film out of the four films that uh, he's been in that I've seen. Uh, going down the list, there's uh, Jet Li's Hero, Shanghai Nights, and Blade Two. So no bad films in his catalog so far. Uh, he debuts with an average film rating of 69.5, a value of 6, a score of 75.5, and in rank 1,314th. Very similarly, uh, Jimmy Smith's Rogue One is also his best film. He has also been in four films. Uh, the other three are uh, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and the Jane Austen Book Club. Also, no bad films in his catalog yet. His average film rating is 69.75. His value is also 6, and his score is just ahead of Donnie Yen's with 75.75. So he has actually 9 spots ahead of Donnie Yen at 1,305th. Very close, though, very close. And the last person to be added is Wen Jiang. I feel like I've mispronounced that every time I've said it, Uh, but he... Uh, comes onto the list. This is just his second film I've seen with him in it. Uh, the other being Let the Bullets Fly, which I really enjoyed. Um, and so his average film rating is an 81. His value is a 5, and his score is an 86, which makes him the highest ranking debut member from this cast at 702nd. Alright, so... That is the entirety of the cast for Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Very nice, very nice. Um, What do we got here? Uh, So like I said, it's got a 79 out of 100. It counts as an action film, an adventure film, and a sci-fi film. Um... The only, uh, as far as the Bechtel test goes, the only exchange between two female characters comes with uh, uh, Jin and Mon Mothma. Uh, As far as I can recall, you do have words said between young Jin and her mother, but I don't think... Uh, Young Jin says anything, so that doesn't count as an exchange. And the exchanges that involve Mon Mothma, I don't think they count as direct conversations between her and Felicity Jones. I'm trying to remember. I'm not 100% sure about this. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I don't want to completely miss this mark doesn't look like they have it on here yet. Uh, maybe not. Bechdel test. Rogue One. Because I know everyone was freaking out that the trailer passed the Bechdel test. But that was the first trailer. And it... That most of that doesn't even make the... make the um, film. Uh, skip ad. 
wait, what? Mm. This doesn't help me either. Because I have this at not passing any of them. Because I don't even remember Mon Mothma's name, character being named in the movie. But I feel like it had to have been. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 1. But I will be open to adjusting that in, as the as time moves passes. And I get a solid answer. Or maybe if, when I, if I rewatch the film. Um, it's a PG-13 film. It is not on the... I'm... Oh, it is. It is now on the IMDb Top 250 at 176. There's an average rating of 8.2 with 118,000 ratings. Um, I will add my rating. Not that that will mean anything. It does not make my Top 100, however. Uh, for reference, Force Awakens, I believe, is still in the Top 100 at 152nd. So a little bit ahead of Rogue One. Uh, Academy Awards, I would expect it to get some technical recognition, but nothing beyond that. Uh, we'll find out in about a month. And it doesn't impact the Best Picture page or the Top 100 page. So lastly, um, if we just look at the year in impact, uh, this is... Well, that's kind of misleading. Um, I'm now up to 154 films released in 2016 that I've seen. I am now up to 1,051 films seen in 2016. The average rating of those films released this year uh, is 52.55. Um, Rogue One is the 36th action film from the year, this year, the 37th adventure film, which now ties 2016 and 2015 with the highest number of adventure films in a year. Uh, and then it is also a sci-fi film, the 15th uh, for the year. Um, as a, as currently a one on the Bechtel test, uh, it is part of the 31% of films this year that get that rating. As a PG-13 film, it is one of the 53 films uh, that gets that MPAA rating this year, which is just three, play three, three films behind R. So there's 56 R-rated films, 53 PG-13-rated films. Um, yeah, you know, you've... You know that this makes this is the ninth entry in the Star Wars franchise as far as theater films, as as is concerned, which ties it with the Harry Potter world uh, now with the release of uh, Fantastic Beasts and X Men. Uh, if you are including Deadpool, which I am, uh, which puts it behind just three series that I have. Uh, that I watch anyway. One being The Land Before Time, which has 14 entries. Uh, the DC Animated Universe, which I've seen 16 films of. And the MCU, which has 20 when you're including the short films, which I am. So, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, I don't have anything specific uh, to talk about in the second half of this episode, so I guess I will just sort of give you guys a preview of the episodes that I'm looking at to come. Uh, today, I'm going to see Jackie, which I will expect to have a review episode up for hopefully tomorrow, uh, as well as a statistics episode the day after that. And then uh, some of the films that I'll be seeing within the next week or so, Passengers, Why Him, La La Land, Fences, and Lion. Uh, Most of those, if not all of those, will probably end up with review episodes. And uh, maybe one or two of them will have a statistics episode, depending on how big the casts are. But most of them are very contained, so we'll see as we get there. Um, and then, you know, on the horizon, we've got a December, uh, scavenger hunt review episode coming up at the end of the month. I will be well ahead of schedule on that, uh, so hopefully I'll have plenty of time to record that episode, as it does tend to be a longer one. And I've already created the January scavenger hunt list, so... Similarly, hopefully I'll be able to do the preview episode of that very soon. Um, I'm currently four films away from finishing December Scavenger Hunt. Uh, Like I mentioned before, The Eagle Huntress, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch that this month. I just don't... Unless, like... Unless I can acquire it another way other than going to the movies. But I, I I doubt that. Yeah, I don't think so. So I'm going to have to find a different film to satisfy the lots of snow criteria. But I'm not, I'm not sure what that's going to be just yet. Uh, so that's, that's where that stands. Um, and yeah, that's... That's it, I believe. Uh, thank you for listening. You can, all, as always, find all my episodes and contact information at circleoffilm.com or email me at circleoffilm at gmail.com. And as always, have a week. So long, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.